Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Tony Dudzik, Pick Guardian. Jared Brandon down in Nashville. Billy Spitfire, Billy Spitfire Unlimited. Hey, everybody, it's me, Tanovak. Welcome to the Guitar Knobs podcast. We are thrilled to death that you are listening to our little show. What is this show going about? on? Our three hundredth episode, and just and we're so close, so close. I'm very excited about this. Todd, what is this show? Three hundred. Huh? What this is the show about, Todd? Three hundred. <laughs> the number, coming up. This the is number what, of three hundred. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it, yes, this show is about interviewing builders, makers, shakers, and Breakers. partakers. Of the guitar world uh, for enthusiasts. Ooh. And tonight, in the maker category, we have a super special guest. Guess who are you? My name is Patrick Flores. I work at Eventide Audio. I am a content producer slash uh, product specialist and manager here at Eventide. I'm Russell Wedlick. I'm the uh, vice president of development and director of signal processing at Eventide. That is a. That sounds like a very lofty title, Russ. That's a heck of a title, man! <laughs> <laughs> Holy yeah, smoke. yeah, yeah. I, I gave myself two titles. Um, really, the titles are for the for talking to people outside. Yeah. Well, it's a. Uh, uh, you, the, the unit that we're talking about probably deserves that kind of a title. So I think um, so. Yeah, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are talking to Eventide not just because they make a bunch of awesome, really mega cool gear. Mm. But they've got something very, very special out right now, and that is called the H90. And in in, in a nutshell, how would how would you categorize this new release, guys? I would. Uh, well, I drew it on a napkin four years ago, or something like that. Maybe it was actually a piece of paper. I'd categorize it as sort of the successor of things like the H3000 and the Eclipse uh, in pedal form. All mm. right, there you go. Uh, we've covered the H9 several times on the show in our four on the floor. That's come up many, many times. Our good friend Jeff Schroeder has talked at length about that and uh, actually talked to him today. Patrick, he said to tell you he said hello. So, hey, brother. Yeah. So you guys can, you know, digitally. Digitally high five. High five <laughs> yes. Um, anyhow, so. We're going to have a great time learning about this new release. It is jammed. I mean, it is oozing, oozing amazing sounds. Even Tony. Even me. Even Tony is like, holy mac. He was sitting on the floor for a long time over here. Many hours. Both of us went through all 100 presets one at a time and played every single one of them. And so... Uh, God bless you guys. Yes, yeah, our butts hurt. <laughs> uh, Can I have we'll dinner just keep now? Keep that Todd. in context. And thank you. We're gonna move on. Uh, we need to do a few announcements real quick. Oh wait, 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 wait. What? Where can people uh, see what you what, what this is and where where you where they might want to get information about this, guys? Oh yeah, dude. Just just go to the eventideaudio.com or you can go to uh, our YouTube channel or Instagram. Any social really at Eventide Audio. Awesome. And there's already loads of great YouTube uh, footage about this and how wonderful it is. So please make sure you get out there and check it out. All right. Roll! Wow. Thanks for blowing our ears out, Tony. You do realize you do that every single time. I know. Uh, it's It never gets any funner. So um, 
Thank you. More uh, fun. Thanks for Would you like to explain what road is? Well, thank Why don't you explain what road is, Billy? Well, this is some fantastic audio rec- What did we do? We recorded. We talk into it. Yes. And it makes it sound glorious. You want, you want me to take over? My son <laughs> it takes- said he listened to a podcast, and he's not a guitar nerd, okay? Yeah. And he said, Dad, even your voice sounds great on this. Wow. That is a compliment. That's so, a miracle. That's a yeah, t-shirt yeah, yeah. they need to make. Yeah. <laughs> even Billy sounds yeah. good. So thanks to Rode for <laughs> providing all of this wonderful stuff. What do they provide us? A we, Rodecaster we Pro. Rodecaster Pro. We got the microphones. The, microphones. the articulating arms. All the things. All the good stuff. I also have a couple of uh, other sl- small announcements so we can get right into all the healthy content that we have. Um, we could, you know, the holiday vacation, the Christmas vacation is coming up, and uh, I've I've tried to front load so that we're not too sparse in that time when we kind of take a break. Um, but there may be like one or two. Hopefully, well, not while you're more, gone, I have a couple things one. planned. Okay, uh, yeah, I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna hide the keys. Um, so you know, forgive us, but we might need to take a little break there too. Um, also, we got a bunch of giveaways that are going to happen. Uh, I promise before the end of the year. Nice. And I just was made aware of another really, really fantastic giveaway. Maybe based on the last episodes we just released. Ooh. Um, yes. Wow. So uh, that is to come. Wow. And uh, let's get on with this. What is going in on our music world this week? Gentlemen, we're going to start with Tony Baloney, yes. a.k.a. Reggae Tony, <laughs> and, uh, and then we'll hey, check man. in with the guys at Eventide. That's right, man, because this week, I promise this is the last All time right. that, I, that I talk about the China guitar, man. Okay. I got this weekend come in the mail. Right, it's okay. <laughs> we got it. <laughs> See, my, my number one goal is to irritate Todd to the point Mission where... Mission accomplished. Yes. So, uh, as my friend Reg Tony was saying, I promise this year, this is the last time I will talk about a Chinese guitar. Mm-hmm. I promise. Okay. So, in the mail, this week, as kind of a surprise, it was actually sooner than I expected, I got... This is something that I've always wanted to do. Now, you know me. I like one pickup guitars with wraparound bridges. Mm -hmm. I like Les Pauls. I like Les Paul Customs. So I said, hmm, what do you think about a one pickup Les Paul Custom with a wraparound bridge? And I went over to a certain site, and lo and behold, there it was. A one pickup wraparound bridge black les paul custom it's kind of like uh jared uh, the blues guy jared nichols yes yeah, yeah, his, his, his is an epiphone yeah so yeah. it's basically that yeah hmm. it's just chinese yeah and better and looks but i, I mean so, okay. I, I, so i have to say sure it is. no it's not a special sure it okay. it's, a, it's carved Tell top. Us how it's different than a special well it's got seven ply binding on the front Ooh. five ply wow. on the back Ooh. i, I I have to say, I am I am beautiful. really impressed. I'll bring it in when I have it all back together because I've got new parts that. and stuff. Mm. Um, but it's 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 incredible for what I paid for this thing shipped from China. Mm-hmm. I I can't believe how how good this one actually came out. I think I think DHK oops is um, actually well, operating on a barge just outside Long Beach Harbor. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure Assembling that's where they're actually from. Well, this one was uh, this was my first delve into uh, the AliExpress 
which oh. I think is somehow related to DHgate. It, 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 yeah. I think they're kind of one in the same. Yeah. But, but regardless, um, it's a really cool guitar. Of course, I had to gut it. You know, the, the pickup is not very good. Uh, Zach over at Brandon Wound is going to wind me up a really nice hot PAF style for that with a mm-hmm. gold cover. Uh, I ordered some uh, waffle back tuners, gold nice. tuners for the for the. What guitar. color is it? It's black. I'm just checking. I mean, it's, like, it's like a. I mean, it could have been any color. No, it's right. black, like a Les Paul custom should be. Okay. Well, I guess there's others. Yeah, there are. There others. are other colors. Yeah, that looks beautiful, dude. Um. So anyhow, so I'm I'm really excited about it, and uh, I can't wait to get when my parts should be here this week. I'm going to put it all back together, level out the frets, and. Uh, Call it a day. That's cool. Dig it. Uh, let's see. Let's go to, uh, let's start with Russ. Russ, what's going on in your music world? Sure. We, uh, I got a brand new, uh, well, you know, it's funny. I've played the same bass for like 15 years. And then in the past month, I have two new basses. I've, I've always been a one, a one axe guy. I'm a bass player. Sorry. Guitar no, player. That's, that's all good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but we got this, uh, Ernie Ball dark ray here we, we did a trade for it so it's technically even tides but since since i'm one of the resident bass players i kind of have i've had it for a little while and it's really fun to play i've been kind of vibing on it it's the five string i like five strings cool um yeah what it's kind of music in. are you like focused on me i let's see i rejoined my band from during the pandemic and we made two albums uh it was a guy i used to play with in college and then um so we're kind of we're all from texas so uh we're kind of like an alt kind of country rockish kind of band oh yeah i guess you could say I, it really sounds like bar music you know like, but like uh so you down with uh john doe no i don't know that oh my other problem oh, is I'm dude. like a dad now, and and I and I do a lot of eventide work. So you're probably gonna list a bunch of people I don't know. No, so I'll, I, I, I'll take I, notes. I honestly won't. But John Doe is a bass player from X, out from, uh, okay, from out in in uh, in L.A. And he's he's kind of always been like a cowboy punk at heart. And his side project away from X is is like standing on the front porch making awesome music in with hey. tumbleweeds going by. I mean, it's re- dude, you will love it. If I'll, I'll, based John on what Doe. you just said, John Doe. Yep. Yeah. No, we got a good steel player. On, it was during the pandemic. You could hire all these legit musicians to play on your like fun project albums. And we hired the steel player that used to play with the Cardinals, um, John Graboff. And it was in a real, in a good professional drummer. It was, it was really fun. I didn't use that. Obviously I didn't have this bass yet. I used my, my Sadowski, but um, it's a J bass, but. But I've never owned an Ernie Ball, and 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 this has been fun. It's a whole different sound. It sounds different when you slap it. I do. I play at a gospel service at a church in Manhattan. Awesome. So they let me slap there, and uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. You don't normally get to do that at church, but yeah, uh, I was gonna but, say you must be the most popular guy there. It's more than on one way to heaven. <laughs> it's kind of the main reason I go there is because they let me like slap the bass and and I, obviously I can't do that in my country band. Um, they kick me out, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, so is that one? Is it like a the tra- a traditional Ernie Ball style body, or is it uh, one of their more inventive ones? 
It's pretty traditional. Um, it's got the single, you know, one pickup, but yeah. it's 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 a dark ray, so it's got built-in instead of the mid-range boost kind of stuff they have, mm-hmm. they have these dark glass distortion circuits. So I don't really have a band to play this in. Um, <laughs> but I got I gotta find a good rock band locally and then show up with and it's it lights up, it's got LEDs in it. It's a loud bass. Oh, wow. it's, yeah. That's but it's um, fun. Yeah, it's kind of fun. I kind of want to just like like go use it in a rock band, go all out and say, yeah, I got a bass guitar with LEDs in it that lights up. (laughs) (laughs) Deal with it. Deal with the distortion too. (laughs) For sure. Wow. The distortions sound good. I like them. There's an overdrive and kind of something that's more of a mid-range fuzz. So Uh, it's nice. We'll have to check that one out. Uh, Let's see. Patrick, how about yourself? Uh, I've been, I've been doing a lot of music lately. I've been, I've been writing a lot of R&B tunes for, uh, a group that I play in called K Mars. And then my band, uh, Bad Mothers, we're, we're a grunge band. Uh, we call ourselves disco grunge because it's more kind of like dancey grunge music. Very Um, accurate. Yeah. (laughs) Um, we've just been writing. So, so we're assigned to a label called Black Country Rock with Shooter Jennings. And, uh, we're just working on the new record now and kind of trying to get some more music out there. Um, uh, playing some new guitars too. D'Angelico sent us the Deluxe Brighton, so I've been playing that so much. It's so smooth. Hmm. Is that one of their hollows or solids? No, it's their double-cut solid body. Okay. Yeah. Does it have the same uh, crazy headstock with the metal ferrule on the top? Oh, yeah. I don't know <laughs> if they make any guitars without that, honestly, but I love it, dude. Everybody keeps asking me if it's like a truss rod adjustment thing, but it's just it's just flashy. You know, so that would flashy. be a cool place to put a truss rod adjustment. <laughs> right? right? You think it's purposeful, but it's it's just just flashy. Uh, nice. Mm. I dig it. Uh, let's see. Billy. I, you know, there's so much going on, but uh, one thing that was really exciting was that I uh, recently purchased an old 1974 Dallas Arbiter Vox AC30. And, oh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> And it had it had something going on, and I took it to the shop, and I just got it back. But they had to swap out uh, one of the um, tubes that had gone uh, microphonic. Mm. Um, and now, man, that thing, it it's just it's are you, amazing. Are you going to be a Vox guy now? Well, I can't carry it. Yeah, you know, so yeah. I'm gonna be a Vox guy when I'm sitting at home in my living room. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if you could put four right. wheels and a steering wheel and yeah. a V8 on it, you'd be able. But now I know what sound I have to aspire to. You know, but it, nice. I mean, you know, you have the the classic crunchy sound, right? Like the chimey crunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like the Beatles and like. ACDC, you can get all that kind of stuff, but it also has an amazing crystal clear sound. Hmm. You can, I, mean, I was really surprised once this tube got straightened out, I was like, oh my God, this thing is like heavenly. Nice. So anyway, I'm just playing with that. Right on. Fantastic. Dude. Living large. Uh, yeah. And you got tons of stuff going on that you could, we could do a whole show what what's on your agenda. Uh, Jared, how about yourself? <laughs> So um, back in Thanksgiving, I got back up north, went to uh, Lay's in Akron, saw a couple of projects I have there. And it's the first time I've seen my 1800s Martin uh, that I bought uh, sight unseen. So, um, and this 
this guitar is super duper duper old. Um, it's when Martin was in New York. And um, <clears throat> the thing is as loud as could be. Uh, it needs new bracing and it, it needs a lot of work. But I just said, you, I, I asked him, I said, you know, can I, can, what can we do to preserve the way it looks now? And he said, you know, refinishing will help me hide a lot of what I have to do to it. And I said, yeah, I don't care. Just do do what you would do to your own guitar. But I just can't wait to to get my hands on this. You, you got to buy gut strings for it. You can't put regular steel strings um, on that model. Uh, be, excuse me, because it's so old. And then I have a uh, 74 or, or 3, I don't remember what year it is, uh, SG Custom, and I, I saw they repaired the headstock veneer on that. It just, it looked great. It's going to be cherry, going to go with white pickguard. Probably have that sent to Tony Balonski to have him do his mm-hmm. thing on it. Back, um, back to the Martin, can you, do they still make gut strings? Yeah, they, you, you can still buy them. Yeah. Who makes them? You can buy Martin. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. I um, did not know that. Does that so, even have? Does it have a truss rod? No. Okay. Yeah. They didn't really. No. No. That's pretty new. I mean, that'd be hard to manufacture back then. So well, I don't. A, a lot of the old. Mar- don't. Sorry. Go ahead, Jared. Oh no! You were going to talk about the truss rods. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, even up through the '60s, I think they just had a T-bar in them. Yeah. Um, and that was, you know, basically a non-adjustable uh, support piece inside. The early '80s, I want to say they went to truss rod. I think so. I think just because the demand was there, people, you know, say, "Oh, all these other guitars have truss rods in them." And, and Mark you know. probably got sick and tired of uh, resetting necks. Well, yeah, that was. They still do it for a good price, though. Yeah. Wow, um, but the uh, the strings, the gut strings. No, I think um, they they don't they don't make them like they used to. I think even back in the late '80s, you could get real gut strings, but I think it's used from animals. The gut part, I don't know. Well, really. They just don't make. Want to know? They don't make guts like they used to. So. It's right. <laughs> no guts, it's, no glory. <laughs> that's uh, that's glory. correct. Right. So now it's uh, synthetic. I have, I have a sensitive gut. It, are the are yeah. careful what you is say. the body style on that? Is that uh, it's is that like kind of like parlor parlor? Yeah, I was yeah, gonna say. Is that is that like kind of like a V neck, like a soft? Yeah, v? yeah. A lot of them were. Yeah, a lot I of like them. A, a lot neck. of the guitars were back fun. then. They feel yeah. Good. It it sounded amazing. I mean, just it was in terrible shape. It is in terrible shape, but it sounds crazy good. I I have no idea when they're actually going to work on it, but I guess it'll be a surprise when it's done. That'll be quite nice. And uh. And then the same trip, I picked up a what's called a push tone. Uh, Gibson made these Les Balls in 2008. It was a guitar of the month, um, and they designed a system where you can just push on the pickup, and it and there's a uh, it goes on a mount that comes out of the back of the guitar, and the idea is to have you know a dozen of these mounts with different pickups, and you can change them quite. You know, you know, quite quickly without having to change the strings. So I picked one of those up since I'm, you know, at Gibson developing pickups. It's nice to have something at home where I can work at home and have my own. Of course, I probably could have took something home, but they, I just don't want to ask them to build me one right now. But uh, I might ask them to build me a P90 version of that. But it's just, it's a really great tool. You could, 
just quickly swap pickups so you get a, a better perception of of when you're a being a pickup. So that that's fun. And yeah, that that's about fun. wraps it up and looking nice. forward to hearing what Todd's gonna say. Oh, oh Todd has I something big. Gonna He's say. gonna talk and talk and talk. I, I'm not gonna talk and talk and Go talk because this is the even tide show. Okay. But, um <laughs> what's going on in your music world this week? Or what happened in your music world this week, Todd? The I would say probably the high point of my musical career. Oh, yeah. Wow. We were asked to, my band, the Valentinos, was asked to open up for Starcrawler for two dates. Nice. In Cincy and to close out their tour in our hometown of Columbus. And it was an, it was such a thrill. It was such a, I mean, it was like. I was so proud of you, Todd. Thanks, man. I appreciate yeah, you guys that. worked really hard, and it showed. You Thank know? you. You it, had the look. You had the moves. It, you had the sound. You had it's like this. Oh, that, that room, was man. a different guitar player. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we went to business. We really, uh, we we kind of all huddled right before we went up, nice. and um, uh, you know, backstage with them, and we're like, this might this might be the you know the thing. This is just let it. Don't let anything not come out on stage just go for it do it and uh it's it's funny because where we ended up playing was a place called the A&R bar when i started the band um we had our first show at another bar and we instantly were like okay if we could play anywhere like where would it be and all of us kind of said the A&R bar yeah which is a place that in town that basically uh, is where acts they they put acts that are about to go like you know pretty big so Starcrawler definitely qualifies for that mm-hmm. and and it was just it was so surreal because this is a place that I've gone to go I've paid I've waited at the door I've gone in and I've sat at the waiting for the lights to go down and watch the show and go home and talk about the show with everybody and I was like but this is ours this is like we're the ones who are up there and it was. <laughs> It was you such a thrill. Be in the green room. It was such a thrill. And I, I yeah. need to do a huge thank you to Starcrawler. Uh, they were genuinely, really super friendly, very kind and gracious people, uh, which makes it so much cooler. And Henry Cash is a beast on guitar. That guy, like, it is... It is really something to watch him go, and not and it's not the Henry Cash like guitar show. All of them working in sync is what makes it so special. But but he's definitely got something special. And then they also have uh, Bill Cash, who's on slide, yeah, and steel and rhythm, yeah. So he's so he's cool. going jumping up and down between slide and rhythm guitar. I and I mean the whole, uh, you know. It was, they're so good. But anyways, the cool thing is maybe even cooler than that was I said, hey, you're a guitar nut. I know that. He's a gear hound. Mm, Would you come on the show? Is it Dan Electro? And uh, Gretsch's. Yeah, those are all Gretsch's, custom Gretsch's. Really? Anyways. uh, Thank you for clarifying. Sure. Um, And he said, oh, man, I'd love to. So... We're going to get Henry on the show, and I'm hoping Bill, too, Um, and uh, we'll have lots and lots to talk about. Nice. Yeah. That's so awesome. Dude, the Starcrawler's music video, I I remember 
just digging him so much. And I remember watching their video for I Love LA, and I'm like, this is just the coolest video ever. Man. It's great. And Arrow, I got to meet Arrow afterward. And yeah. I said, hi, I'm Billy. And she goes, hello, Billy. My name is Arrow. Yeah. And I was just like, I'm melted. I was She's like, like oh, ethereal. Yeah. It's so crazy. Cool. You know, so it, it's... It was kind of neat because they've got, you know, they've got a love song to L.A. And one of the first things that we started talking about with them was there are a lot of parallels in our in our Cause music. Because from L.A. Or, yeah, or some similarities in, in playing styles and just sort of music styles, which is why we we're probably asked to do that. Um, but we also, like, one of the first songs that we created was uh, called Bring Me the Night. And it was about being down in L.A. At, when, like kind of before you could kind of be part of LA, like pre 18, like when you're just cruising the strip and you're just like, man, I'm so close. I'm right there. And you can feel the energy, but you can't, you're not right there yet, but you're still in love with the idea of it. And that was what our song was about. So we each had odes to LA and it was great. Anyways. Hey, most importantly, did you ask them to remove all of the brown M&Ms from the uh, tray? It's in the rider. Yeah, mine's all brown. <laughs> yeah. uh, Only brown yeah. M&Ms. Anyways, let's get let's get on with some awesome awesome more guitar gear. Some more awesome guitar gear. I can't even talk. I'm still numb after that show. All right, let's do this, man. Hey, Todd. Yeah. You know, after during the big gig, I, I suppose you had your pedal board out I there, did. right? And mm-hmm. I see you have a pedal board in here that we were monkeying around it's with a the little same bit. One. I noticed that you have a very specific kind of patch cable. I do, and at variable lengths. Variable lengths. What would those be? That is the Tour Gear Designs patch cable. Ooh. I have those on my board that I gig with because I trust that they're going to work. And they fit all the different configurations of the pedals that I have. And they're flat, like a crepe. They're flexible, they're easy to use, and they are super affordable. Really? And you can get them mailed to you with a discount. (gasps) What is that discount? When you you go and load up your cart. Load it up. You're going to get 10% off your entire order with the guitar knobs in your coupon code. The guitar knobs. 10%. 10%. And, you know, we always say... We don't rep anything that is that we don't absolutely say, yes, this is good stuff. And yep. every single one of us on this show, uh, on, on the guitar knife side at least, are using those patch cables and um, love them. So uh, go check out TourGearDesigns.com and get yourself some super-duper patch cables. Thank you to Tour Gear for sponsoring our Four on the Floor. Jared? Let me get a little bit of this. One, two, one, two, three. Four on the floor. All right. Russ and Pat from Eventide. Give us your four on the floor. All right. So my four on the floor. I got, so the way I use like my pedal board live, it's like a, you know, sort of like a space machine, right? Or space machine. I don't even know if that's a thing, Mm -hmm. but. I would probably start with the most versatile. Um, I would do the Hotone Soul Press 2. Oh, that's yeah, a new it's one. this really rad, super small expression slash vo- uh, slash volume slash wah pedal. Yeah, so you just kind of click it on and off. I almost it's bought rad. one of those at one point. Not it's, not that I didn't because it. Uh, I just realized I didn't need it, but that that's the one I was going to get actually. Yeah. I only bought it really for the sake of like managing space on my pedal board but 
It is it is actually really rad. So I have about I have like two or three of them now just for different boards. Um, yeah, so that would be my first pick just because it's and yours is a baseboard, right? No, Russ is the baseboard. I'm a guitar. Oh, board. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then my second one would be one of my favorite pedals, although it's a huge pedal. Uh, I, I really like the Electron Analog Drive. I don't know if you guys have checked that out. It's like this hmm. really, really big multi-distortion pedal. Electron Analog Drive. All right. We're all looking yeah. that up. See, this is a fun part. Every single every single time we do this, we're like, what's that? Yeah, Electron's <laughs> known more for their um, their synths, their tabletop synths and sequencers. Yeah, dude, but their distortion pedal. So I, I again, I'm I'm really obsessed with getting the most out of my board as you know as possible. Mm-hmm. And I have multiple drives on my board, but at one point I was just using the Electron analog drive uh, guitar pedal because it had I think like nine wow. distortion circuits on it. And they all sound great. And it was MIDI, like, capable. So I was switching it with my Boss ES5, just switching, like, my Eventide stuff and my distortions. I don't love tap dancing, like, on my pedal board. I just need to, like, hit one switch and then it, you know, kind of messes around with, like, my pedal board the way I want it to. So that one really works for for my particular setup. Yeah, it's like a salad bar for overdrive. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, it's like... Uh, and then I I would go probably for my third one. I, I didn't think this was going to be an essential one for me until I started using these types of pedals. But just a compressor pedal, particularly, there's one really affordable one that I love called, what is it called? The Outlaw Wrangler, Outlaw FX Wrangler. It's a, t- a tiny uh, compressor pedal, but any compressor pedal with a tone knob, um and just something that you can just squash it so if i'm playing more funk or r&b stuff like you know i could go finger style and uh it sounds percussive and it won't suck the tone out of uh my my guitar hmm. that'd be my number three and then i'm trying to think it, it the four on the floor do, am i gonna have an amp with me or do i like need like an amp pedal you know what I mean? um yes you will have an amp with you Okay, so my fourth one is going to be the J-Rocket. What's it called? Like the Silver Archer? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, I yeah. I forgot what they called it. Yeah. But that one's just a great clean boost slash, like, you clone know, clone. mild overdrive pedal. Oh, yeah. It's a, is, it, is it a clone clone? Yeah. Yes. It's an arc- yeah. Yeah. It's, it's one of the uh, – right. it's one that's recognized in maybe three uh, that are sort of – it's sort of like if you think about the tree, uh, at, the, at the the star at the top of the tree of the of – the, uh, Klon Christmas tree is the Klon and uh, followed by the KTR. And then you have like uh, two or three that are sort of at the, at the next tippy top level that the little kids can't reach. And then, yeah. you, <laughs> and then, then you, then you filter down. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not like, I don't know if I'd ever spend the, that kind of amount of money on a guitar pedal. I don't know how much like a, a legit. It's worth it. <laughs> Is it? Okay. No, I Santa, I why did you it. take my clone off yeah. the Christmas tree? <laughs> oh, it's broken. I'm just if going you to don't fix need a car it. A you can't afford it, it, little girl. Yes. <laughs> Go back to bed. Yes. <laughs> it's worth it. Uh, I, I gotta get a King of Tone one day, but for now, the the, the Archer. It, it serves me well because I really I don't even really use it as a standalone thing. I use it to push my drive, and yeah. that's that's kind of what it's best for for me. So that that would be my four. I think I think that covers covers my 
you know, nice little pedal board. You, yeah. you know what works really well into the Klon type uh, pedal is so because that's like a, a hard clipping one. It is uh, any kind of a soft one. So uh, a combo that I was actually using for a bit was, uh, let's see, I had the Morning Glory going into my um, uh, Seriatone Sir- 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 uh, clone, which is a, an Indonesian nice. pedal. And it just make it's so it's so it's just the push that that because if you goose the the actual clone level and or the uh, the gain it's like it's a whole other different thing and mm-hmm. the gain stage is in that with just a little bump from uh, sort of a lower gain setting on your on the morning glory or other kind of blues breaker kind of uh, pedal um, it's pretty delicious. So. Do you use it before or after the, the blues breaker? Yeah. Or no, okay. no, no, no. The uh, blues blues breaker circuit before the clon. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Guys. Yeah, yeah. I always put the clon pretty much like Billy's nodding emphatically. Yeah. I gotta try that out, dude, because I, I, I really only use like the the archer pre pre any distortion. It's like the first on my chain to push like whatever's in front of it. Yeah. I, I think what it does, it, it maybe isn't even necessarily as a, as much of a push as it is a little bit more of a bloom on it, mm. for lack of better terms. It kind of helps soften it because if you're pushing the clon really hard, it can sound a little a little bit harsh, and it kind of just kind of rounds out the, the 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 drive sound. At least that's what my ears are. You're bumping gotcha. the voltage, picking it up. So. Uh- I think I have a friend who who told me to for that purpose try out the exotic EP booster just like after my yeah. whole pedal board yes. to kind of do the same kind of purpose. Yeah, that'll do it. Uh, Klon- well, cool, man. Yeah, Klon. What? I was gonna say the Klon's kind of a weird circuit. I remember looking at it. 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 it I don't want to call it a a, a crossover network, but it 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 does like a. a a small version of that, it, it, it actually has two paths and recombines the signals. And, and the main distortion path, I think, is on the high end. Mm-hmm. Um, they re, they actually like split the signal and cl- and do a lot of the heavy clipping on the higher end and then put the low back in. It's it's, mm. it's uh, interesting when you look at it. Yeah. Uh, so that kind of describes what you're hearing. Yeah. 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 Uh, let's. So uh, we're going to Russ now. Yeah, four on the floor. Perfect. Bass, Let's do it. I'm a bass player. Um, it's not yeah. really wi- it's not wise for us to show up to gigs with a lot of pedals. People yeah. question your intent. <laughs> so true. <laughs> they question your intent. I get I like that, that crap all the time. <laughs> yeah. So, I would say that number one, I've had this Voodoo Lab Sparkle Drive for a while, and honestly, the main reason I have it is it's got a clean blend knob. To me, I'll use any distortion that's halfway decent as long as it has like a mix control or a clean blend because they tend to kill your low end and you can't play a bass line. Um, but it's nice to be able to bl- you know, blend the clean. Or you, know, you could do something even more complicated. But this is so simple, it sounds good. It's kind of like a tube screamer with a clean blend almost. Is, is that the like. mod one or the old school? I think it's old school. There's nothing. I don't think there's anything modded on it. Okay. I never modded it. Yeah, they have one called the mod. Oh, I know which one. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, no, he's he's like that's the same one that I've got. Is that that? Yeah, this is the sparkle drive. Yeah, the original. Yeah, OG, OG. It it works really Mm -hmm. well for for bass, and like I said, it's it's really all about that clean blend. 
Um, hmm. I've had this, and I use it a lot, this Dunlop base wall. Mm. Um, it's a heavy sucker, um, which is it's not great. But then again, it's lasted forever. And base walls, unlike regular walls, just turn on when you step on them. There's not like a button you have to press, you know, um, because basically – you want to know that you can step off and not piss anyone off and, and go back to playing the baseline and not be like parked somewhere weird. Yeah. All right. So, um, and it springs back up. It's got a built in spring. And I have to say, I've had this thing for like 15 years and it is not broken. That's that awesome. Which one is this? Huh? Which, which one is this? Uh, Dunlop it's the Dunlop Crybaby Base. Oh. That's a spring that like auto activates the wall. It pushes the wall back up. And when the wall is in, it down, it turns off and goes, it automatically just goes dry. That's awesome. So it only turns into a wall when you get like when you push it down a tiny bit more, so it turns on and off. That's um, so sick. Why wouldn't huh. they do that to all of them? That sounds they, like I know, right? They have another one like that I, I had when I was in high school called the Ibanez Weeping Demon. Yeah, um, wah, which is the same same concept. You know, you it's a spring loaded thing, so it springs back and it automatically deactivates the wah as soon as it reaches the heel point. Yeah, um, and then just automatically activates as soon as you start touching. It's it's really that, cool. That pedal is so over the top in every single kind of <laughs> like way. It just it just needs like uh, some bedazzled jean pockets on it. <laughs> oh, I, I had chains on my jeans in high school, man. I was yeah. playing that. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah, um, this, this crybaby bass. I mean, my the general rule is when in doubt, step on it. So I usually actually, it's funny. I, I don't. It's a wall, and you think that oh, I'd use it for a bunch of funk stuff, but I find that after the distortion, it. If you if you get really you can like really long sweeps almost like you're like simulating a flanger or something, oh, yeah, yeah. With a, with a, but with a filter, you know, um, it. If you kind of do that, especially if I'm like playing with a pick or like doing some like kind of low D double stop things and just slowly sweeping the filter, it's 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 a nice effect and you get a lot of sound out of the distortion pedal in that. Yeah. Well, originally when they were developing the, uh, this, I believe they were uh, going to be either calling it uh, the filger or the flanter. And they said, <laughs> wait a minute, why don't we actually just go? <laughs> I don't know, it's stupid. <laughs> I, I had Billy going for a little bit. <laughs> Anyways, I, I turned away. <laughs> I, I just, yeah, I'm like, okay. Uh, okay, all right. It back, was originally developed you, for Russ. a trumpet player. <laughs> Oh, Clyde McCoy. The the wah pedal. The wah pedal itself was originally designed to simulate the sound of a mute. Yeah. In a trumpet. Oh, that's right, because they used like the kind of like, like plunger, plunger mute thing. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Like uh, a wah sound. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's, it's a... Yeah. Yeah, you know, and then Charlie Brown got a hold of it. So. <laughs> uh, all right. I, I played tuba in, in college. That was like my major instrument. And, and we tried to do for like a jazz project, like a sort of like a tuba plunger wah thing it, it didn't work man it didn't work <laughs> that's a mighty <laughs> large it took, plunger it took two people to operate it, so it, it was the frequency is way too low wow <laughs> you know um russ i i want to mention my my middle daughter is actually a hardcore tuba uh, a sousaphone player and is a bassist hey. they go i mean it's the same range right? it, it is yeah yeah uh what else you got um, I would go with, well, I can't mention anything from Eventide, so, 
But anything that gives me an octave down, so I really like just the classic boss OC1 because it's not the cleanest octave down, but it kind of ends up being synthy, especially when you combine it with this wall, mm-hmm. because it's really just a couple of analog flip-flops in the circuit. Um, any, but any of that OC line, you know, it want, I think, how, what are they up to now? I can't even remember, because um, now they're all polyphonic and stuff, but... Mm-hmm. I use an octave down a lot on a bass. And you think, why would you do that on a bass? But it's like, it's not for the, it's so I can play up higher on the neck and take up a lot of space, like when I need to. Um, and you get a really rich sound um, on, especially when you're up above the 12th fret, you know? Um, yeah. It, it's not just a lower, f- uh, well, okay. <laughs> I don't want to get, it's all the, it's all me. the harmonics that add up. That yeah, just like up the high sound. strings on a bass sound amazing. I think, yes. you know, so I'm with you. I'm with you, Russ. Yeah, it's the octave down, and, and I, I use the octave down because you add, like, if you just want to take it up a notch live, it, like, maybe it wouldn't work recorded, mm. but, like, if you're in a situation where you have a nice bass amp and a big sound system and and, and you want there to be another level, you just turn, you just throw on one of these OC1s an octave down, and all of a sudden it's just, like, power, you know? It just mm-hmm. It really should be called the OC... 11 or c11 that's right <laughs> um and uh for my fourth one i don't think i should have four pedals i, I i'm just gonna go with the fifth string on the bass i'm gonna go with the low b string <laughs> that's fair that's fair <laughs> i like it basis gets a buy i get it very wow so so no uh okay hmm. all right well, no. limiter? You do a limiter or anything like that? Compressor or anything? Yeah, compressor. No, I'm just really good with my fingers. I don't need yeah. any of that stuff. Fair enough. Keep it PG-13. Keep it PG-13. Yeah, yeah, No, um, I, sometimes those are in the amps and stuff, but, um, you know, yeah. limiters are usually or built in. Or other things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I tend not to use a lot of compression, uh, at least not live. I mean, because I I usually play active basses, right? So, oh, okay, yeah, they're pretty oh, high. Cool. You know, the Sadowski is an active jazz bass, and it, it, it's it's pretty it's pretty it's pretty live. You know, I cool. You can almost run it directly into some power amps. It's the, that big of a voltage swing, right? I'd like to hear what Bootsy Collins has to say about that, Bootsy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's got like five. How many pick? How many outputs on the space bass are there? There's like. Every pickup has its own output or something. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of wild. <laughs> um, okay. Well, that was a ton of fun, and I love it when we get new new pedals. Oh, yeah. It's like it's it's a blast. It's like Christmas every single time we do this. Just not our Christmas. It's somebody else's Christmas. <laughs> Anyways. Um, <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, we are here. We are gathered here today. Uh, because number one, first of all, I, I need to give a huge shout out to to you uh, all at Eventide. You guys were so nice about coming on the show and uh, hooking us up with a, a unit to to give it a shot, and I just really appreciate that. I'm grateful, so thank you. Of course, dude, anytime. Thank yeah. you for having us at the show. And speaking of the unit that we talked about, this is the H90. An absolute wonder of sound. I, I know, like, the Eventide products, that is what you guys are known for. So this isn't like, oh, my gosh, this is, where did all these amazing sounds? We've never heard anything. Like, these are things that are all, like, coming from experience that you have in this thus far. But 
maybe in a form factor that might be more accessible and familiar to a bigger audience. Fair to say? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Cool. Well, I'm not going to talk about this because this is your pedal. Um, but so if you guys just want to kind of take it away and, you know, the two guys that we have on here, Pat and Russ, are coming at it from um, from a development standpoint and from a player standpoint and probably a few other standpoints. So, guys, I, I, I give you the floor. Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, at least from a player standpoint. It, it, to me, like the H90, it, it, it's really kind of an inspiration machine, right? It, it, it can pretty much do anything. It, the, the coolest thing about this pedal is like if I'm demoing it at a trade show or to an artist or whomever, it's really fun to kind of go over the effects because it's kind of like a la carte. It's like, hey, what do you want to hear? And then they kind of just describe the sound they want to hear, and you could dial it in real, real easily. Um, and then again, if you're just a new player to Eventide, you can scroll through all the different presets and just kind of feel inspired by those, you know, sounds. I, I don't know a lot of other pedals that do that, where you can kind of get these really sweet studio quality sounds in just one box, like all these different tones. So yeah, to me, it's like an inspiration machine. Yeah. You know, when we got a hold of this, I, and I have honestly not played an Eventide product before this. Um, I've seen them. I've been. I've heard them. I've uh, talked to people who are running them. When I think about the H9, I look at it. I'm like, it didn't seem as accessible as this. Yeah, I'm smiling when you say this. <laughs> <laughs> um, hopefully, because this one is more accessible. <laughs> First yeah, year. yeah, yeah. It, it was. I mean, it was the. It was one of the big goals of to, is to make it more accessible, make it more immediate to yeah. use. That's you know? a great word, immediate, yes. Yeah. I think the the second biggest thing, and Tony, I'm sure, is going to chime in on this real quick, is the way that I was trying to describe it to Tony is like, so tell me about the pedal before he got a hold of it. And I said, there are lots of things where you can dial in, I want this pedal or sound or effect and this pedal effect, and I want them, and I'm going to make a melange of these things. And um, I'm, they're going to run into each other and I'm going to have this big sound. But they kind of, uh, a lot of times they feel like I'm going to take half of an orange and half of an apple and slap it together. <laughs> yes, it's going to be interesting. And yes, it's still fruit, but it, they're, it, it, they're not necessarily, um, I think I said this, using the same blood. That's yes, what I was saying. that's exactly what you said. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so if I get one pedal and one pedal... They, I can make it work on my pedal board, um, but it, they are not using the same blood. And the beautiful thing about the the sounds that come out of this is that it absolutely feels like one body of sound, no matter what you put together. And that is the thing that made me say, "Wow!" When I w like actually heard this, like playing it myself. Now well, I, I got it. I was like, "Okay, I get it. I get it." I get it. <laughs> so I think it should not be called the harmonizer. I think it should be called the smile machine because uh, on at least half of the settings that are pre-programmed in there, I'd play something and it made me smile. That's true. So, yes. So there you go. So that that's a big thumbs up from me. Will you sign a waiver letting us have the trademark on Smile? I will, I will do as long as I get five units. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all yours, baby. All right. Fair deal. Yep. <laughs>
Yeah, I've and, never seen Tony sit for more than thirty seconds well, on the I'm, floor. Yeah, I'm I mean, glad I, you like that, like a uh, reggaeton preset. Man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, was, I, I, I dialed in like a lot of these presets here, and reggaeton was was one of them. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was a fun it was, one. It was fun. Yeah, going the names through are that. cool. You yeah. got like uh, teacher preacher. I think yeah, hot, hot for teacher yeah. style sound. Yeah, yeah I was yeah. like, wait, and, and, I, and I was I started to go like, I'm gonna guess if I know what this is before I play it. After after I kind of caught a got yeah. you know got the vibe and a little bit of uh of wit going on back there and then there's the the bob mayer <laughs> bob mayer yeah that was great and i was like wait i know what this is gonna be <laughs> some, some of them i got super lazy on and i'm just like ah this is john mayer I, like most of these presets i had a gig and i would i had this like kind of like you know cover tunes that i gotta learn and i'm just trying to dial these sounds in so i'm like yeah it's a john mayer preset i don't know what rhymes with john mayer bob mayer yeah <laughs> well my Lock, grandpa's name was john but everybody called him bob that's the only way that i got there gives a short thing for john i don't know that's how i got there don't what kind of family do you come don't from? hate on don't hate on my family <laughs> his appalachian roots yeah <laughs> what? that's the only way i honestly uh, anyways so uh, there's bob mayor I, yes. I like 70s uh old vinyl 70s oh, old yeah, vinyl. That cool. yeah 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 um sounded like an old led zeppelin vinyl you know, uh, it's like, oh, yeah, warp. Kind of like it's in there. It's, it's like, dirty. It's mm, it's yeah. it's yeah. Uh, it's got Those. warmth. Uh, one of the great things, you know, we talked about a, a approachable. Being, this being a really approachable pedal from a maker that makes things for like kind of higher end, you, you know, use really. Um, so me walking up to this, I was like, ah, okay. I hope this. I hope I don't. I'm not. I hope I'm smart enough to play this thing. You know what I mean? And just going through all of the easily accessible uh, presets, Tony made a comment. He says, you you know, you really have to change the way you're playing with these yes. presets. And I said, that was the beautiful thing because I wasn't trying to force my, what I want to play into these. These were letting me, almost giving me permission to play different things, which I thought that was really cool. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think again, the point that I was was making is if you try to play maybe too many notes, especially on the ones that are heavily wrapped in delay, um, you know, you start walking all over yourself. So you can just play very basic kinds of things. And you come off sounding like uh, like the edge or something, you know, some great player. So big question is... Guys, who is this for? It's for you. It's for you guys. It's for, uh, I mean, kind of it was, it's kind of weird. It's a mix of, um, well, you know, we made the H9 and we got a lot of feedback on it and it's a popular pedal. And mm-hmm. a lot of this pedal was sort of based on what people wanted to see out of the H9, you know? Um, so, we actually throw in our own special sauce every time, right? As well, because we had a, you know, some of it is for us, frankly, yeah, <laughs> like um, because, like, uh, as a developer and as I guess the boss uh, of this project, I, um, you know, we had this ARM platform, right? These are the processors in the H nine thousand, and it's basically a computer. Um, I don't want to yell that too loud because I don't want to, you know, 
create any bias against it or anything. But it's basically a computer, it's but it's a got magic a magic computer. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's smile got, computer. A smile oh, computer, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's got a lot of processing power and and one of my other passions in life is just like math and signal processing. And I just like, man, if I could get this in a pedal, imagine all the things we could do. And all the guys who do signal processing on the team are like, oh, yeah. So like, honestly, like a lot of it was for us. <laughs> um, yeah. But obviously you can't write, make a business on just doing things for yourself. So um, that's why we have guys like Patrick. I uh, Well, I don't know. <laughs> I, I might actually disagree with that. because disagree? Well, I'll tell you. Almost every single builder that we have come on the show, I mean, with the exception of very few, have outright said, I did this because I wanted something that I couldn't get, or mm -hmm. I wanted it to be different, or I just wanted it to be my right. own. Yeah. And the funny thing is, for every one person that does that, there's a mess of us out there that also want that thing that we don't even know that we want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. For yeah. Sure. I mean, you can walk into any trade show and you'll see, you know, a bunch of awesome pedals, right? But a lot of those, I think, personally, from from experience of going to NAM, like a, a lot of those are are going to be iterations of right. other things. They're awesome, but they're iterations. Like mm -hmm. I think this pedal, the coolest thing about it is that the most interesting things to me personally, and I think I can speak to other people that even tied to, are sounds that are totally out there, man. Like like crazy sounds that you wouldn't think you can come out of your guitar. Um, but still sound really pleasing and musical. Musical is like the the big key word. And yeah. I just wanted I love those kinds of pedals. Like Chase Bliss does a lot of those kinds of pedals. The mood, Maris does a lot of those kinds of mm -hmm. pedals. And I think this pedal is like an amalgamation of, you know, that sort of like drive of you know, that that drive to create those different sounds, to to create something creative and and uh and just interesting, interesting different sounds that you don't get anywhere else. Yeah, then I'll stick with it. I we did it. We, uh, you know, it's funny. You work at Eventide, and there's been several e eras of Eventide. It's a, it's a really old company. It's from 1971. Hmm. Really? Were, yeah, they made the original rack processors, um, like old units. The original thing, original like flangers and phasers before anyone else had them. Like, yeah. Um, I think the one of the big things that predated the phaser Eventide made is the Univibe, right? But like. That we had a phaser in the early 70s, the instant phaser. And these are like really expensive studio units that the current owners, Richard and uh, and then Tony, developed. Tony made the H910, which is the first digital pitch shifter in the late 70s. Hmm. He, he made the first multi-effects box with plug-in chips called the SP2016 in the early 80s. Wow. Um, so there's a massive pedigree. The guys who own Sound Toys, I don't know if you guys know much about plugins. They're the developers of the H3000, which is a really big studio box. It's and all these things like have been on so many records. Like like Eddie Van Halen used two H949s. I know Brian May used an Omnipressor. Um, tons of people use the Instant Phaser, Instant Flanger. So what? you just have decades of like shoulders of giants to stand on. When you're looking at all these old schematics and reading a bunch of old code, um, so in some ways it's like, you, I do it for me, but I also do it for like the legacy because I feel like a steward of this ancient art or something. It's really only like 50 years old, but in rock and roll terms, it feels kind of ancient. So, 
and it, you can see the source of all this. And it's just a bunch of guys in a, an old manky building that smells like an old school, like, <laughs> like designing gear. It, doesn't it? That's what my kids always tell me when I come home. You went to Eventide. You smell like an old school. <laughs> it's, like, it, it's, <laughs> it's wild because honestly, I think uh, the impression is that you guys are operating in like one of like a, a spaceship like the Apple Loop or something like that, you know? Oh, I've no. been there. It's nothing like that. No, yeah. we're, we're a small company. We're much nicer than those people. We don't, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I can vouch for that so far. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, that that is one of the things that is uh, a common myth that we get to bust here. Um, you know, when we talked with the guys from Strymon, the, the, when you look at the at the products, you're like, what army of people created these things with, you know, this, this, uh, special troop of geniuses. And they're like, we're only like seven people. Yeah. There's not that many, you know, of them and either. actually we, we, you know, we just talked to a uh, black star. That's what the yeah. two previous episodes. And this is the same thing. I think they said there was like four, 14 of them or something like that. I mean, it's like, it's not a huge group of people. It, it is just people who are dedicated to, excellence in their craft and are willing to put in the time and not just ride um, whatever uh, kind of trend or insta gratification that's needed in order to achieve that. Yeah. So I appreciate that you guys are putting in all of that time and thought because um, you've created something that is uh, truly remarkable sounding. Um, I, I'm glad that you mentioned all the studio stuff because, Tony, w what did I say? I said that. Do you remember what I said, Tony? What I say? You remember what I said, Tony? The studio stuff. I said that these sounds don't sound like a pedal board. Oh yeah, yes. It, because you did say that. those are those are isolated things that you are trying to combine. But the the thought about you know uh, decay and trails and time and depth and space and all of the dimensions beyond what does the thing do is already baked in there. Now you have and that's the just power talking to about, manipulate them. And that's, yeah, you're just talking about the presets. I'm I just mean, talking there's about some, the presets. You yeah, have so, full manipulation of everything on here, which is remarkable. Yeah, it goes, um, it, it can go, you know, the challenge with the H9 is in a lot of Eventide products is, is they can go as deep as you want them. And some of them, you kind of, if you lead with that, it's like what you said. Uh, I don't. I never wanted to be like, oh, even Tide, you're not smart enough. Like that's not the goal. I don't want to make people feel that's bad. That's a T-shirt that you should never make. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, just wear 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 at the shop. That's it. <laughs> yeah. oh, I love it. But I, I think a good product should sort of progressively disclose and take you on a journey. Um, right from the beginning to the end, whatever level you stop at, it, it should always be fun. Yeah. So, right. Like it's like, so if you just want to use this with the factory presets, like you could have fun for a long time because there's more than just a hundred there. Um, there's more in the box, right. Than that in the programs mode. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, aren't you able to access other people's, um, settings, presets and stuff? That is coming soon, actually. Okay. Um, we want to do that. We, uh, um, I mean, nothing's precluding you from exporting the programs and emailing and sharing them with people. You could totally do that now, mm -hmm. but um, but we'd like to get do something a little more official for that. Yeah. Um, so I know 
So we're looking into that. So yeah, we want to like kind of build a community with it too, you know? Um, yeah. Uh, I, I just, um, it's funny, you know, I, I was mentioning uh, Jeff earlier and, and like when I'm listening to his work on Smashing Pumpkins now, he's he's not just, it's not just guy playing rad guitar. Like he's creating a whole other layer of sound and, uh, you know, he he sings such high praises of, of Eventide's products and especially the H9. And I showed him and he's like, Oh my gosh, I love that thing. It's in, you know, the thing it's incredible. And when I started playing, I was like, Oh, I can totally hear how he's pulling from this into those layers because there, it sounds like someone spent days in a studio to try to, nail that down and and to and create this thing that doesn't necessarily sound just like the effect that you might think it is oh totally. and you guys did that you actually did spend days and days <laughs> sorting that out so <laughs> I, I, I mean uh more than days yes <laughs> months years yeah, a long time yeah i mean the whole project took four years and um a lot of that was because it's a hardware project and we had to figure out how to do it as a remote company during COVID and then all the supply chain issues. It was, it, the stories are like both harrowing, wild and boring at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually let's pull on that a little bit because, you know, I, I kind of mentioned this earlier where it's like uh, that you dedicated the time and effort to develop something like this. This doesn't happen overnight. You're not just saying, Hey, I, I got a great idea. Let's pop this thing out. So four years ago, you made a decision to to create uh, the the evolution of uh, like the H nine, or were you were you chasing something different that nobody else had been thinking of? Where did this begin? It, it, it's like it, it was the evolution of the H nine. It was it, it it to me it felt obvious. Like oh well, this is we have this successful product. People want it to do the all these other things. This is what it's lacking. This is what it needs. Um, we had a new processing platform in the H9000. Um, and, and I knew that I wanted to make it more accessible and, you know, immediate to use than the H9, which was relies more on the app. So just started drawing pictures of what the interface could look like and defining what the features would be. And then started, you know, running it by the ideas by guys like Patrick, um, our head of sales, um, um, for the Americas, Joe Coetzee, uh, all the guy, all the engineers on the team. Yeah. I don't know. It, it was, it's kind of like I knew what I wanted it to be. And, and then I just needed to get buy-in from everyone on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, cause there's really no point in making something that no one else wants to make, but you when you're on a team, <laughs> right? So, yeah. It's not, it's not a dictatorship in that way at any way. It's you kind of, you, everyone needs to feel good about it. Right. And, and like really be excited. So, so if you, you know, I can imagine, uh, whenever someone says, Oh, I've got version two of something or other, right. Even if it's a band, Oh, we're coming out with a, with a new thing. Well, what's different. Or it's like, Oh, it's just going to sound like the other thing. Yeah. But so what's the, yeah, but here for you, I, I really wanted to like, you know, we own the trademark on that word harmonizer. So my yeah, but is going to be signal processing based because that's my background. I was like, we need we need really good polyphonic pitch shifting. And we need an algorithm that can do what no one else has done. So we, we did low latency polyphonic pitch shifting. I worked with the research team 
for a couple of years to try to get this thing. And we, we call it SIFT technology. It tracks really well, and it works on everything. I use it on my bass all the time. Um, I, th- I It's a little more natural sounding than some of the other earlier things that are out there. Um, and low latency is the big key there for polyphonic pitch shifting. The, the, the creative thing that came out of that was a thing called prism shift. Um, and what that does is, much like a prism separates light into different frequencies, i.e. colors, prism shift... Uh, is a is an arpeggiated pitch shifter that pulls apart your chords in real time and arpeggiates the notes from your guitar. Is that like um, trademarked prism shift? It should be. It should. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty cool. So say that again. What does it? What, what does what, it do? It pulls them apart. Which yeah, it pulls is, your, well, That's what a prism does. It separates the colors. This is pretty. Yeah. yeah. So when yeah. you're playing multiple notes or strings or or any note, it pulls uh, apart. Yeah, any, it'll, any it, note. It, pulls apart all the harmonics pl- of one play- note. It, if you're playing more than one note, it recognizes you're playing more than one note and will arpeggiate all those notes. If you're only wow. playing one note, it'll just kind of treat that one note like a delay. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, that's wild. Which is different wow. than than like a, a sort of like a poly pedal, which just like kind of no matter what you do, it poly everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that, and you, it, can, you can use that in the description if you want to in the booklet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really good at that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I, I, I think for me, it was your name in red on the thing. No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now this it was is, that. Is, I don't know. Those harmonized yeah. things. Those. Those were. I don't know. I really wanted to. I really wanted to. It, it was like a a dream of mine to get some of these sounds and be able to do some of this math in real time. Um, what were some huh. of the things that maybe some of your key artists? I'm, I'm assuming you you know you get feedback from them and they're like, hey, what do you, you know? What do you think? What do you anything that they presented to you that you said, ooh, yeah, absolutely, just that. a lot of it. You, I mean, I, I know early on we were working with the guitarist from Sunlux, and um, and he, his name is Rafiq Bacha, and we showed him an early prototype and. There are a lot of features that we still need to get to that he had. <laughs> yeah, but um, the flexible routing thing was, was so, sort of his big his time idea. Yeah, and multiple mono inserts um, was a big deal. Yeah, that's wild on the back. It's like holy yeah. mackerel! I need to buy some cables. Yeah, that that came from, designs. Yeah, and then that the, came you, from you him. Have the line level thing out back there too. Yeah, yeah. in yeah, and so out is that every every input and output can be set to instrument or line level. Wow. Jeez. The um the LEDs on the back was was one of the engineers' idea at Eventide to you know just let it be known that hey right there on the back you can tell it's it's line or line level or not right so oh, and yeah. it, well it also helps yeah, because cool. we want people that play other instruments and 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 do like more like tabletop kind of Instagrammy synth jams you know the kind of people with you know they make take videos and there's little cute little plastic plants and they got their little scents. <laughs> yeah, um, yes, you know, I you know, know exactly about. what you're talking about. <laughs> but we, it, it'd be nice that if it could play well in that environment too. So table jams and Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah. Would, would it have killed you to put a tuner in this thing? There's a tuner <laughs> it, in there. There's a tuner. There is a tuner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you hold uh, the A and the B switch, and then it goes into the tuner. Ah, I didn't even know that. That's amazing. Yeah, that's I was just that's joking. Like, yeah, that's that's kind of the cool thing about this pedal, though. It, it it really kind of like starts to peel the layers the more you kind of mess around with it. Like you could really, you could like Russ said, you could have a lot of fun with it 
on just the surface level. Go through the presets and, and you're, you're already having a ton of fun just going through all these different unique sounds. Um, but if you plug in an expression pedal, every single program on this thing has expression pedal mapping that does something unique, you know, yeah. to that program. Um, so the I, more you kind of get deep into it, the the more layers you take take away and the deeper you get. Now, so it, it, it looks like you can put two expression pedals in this? Yeah, you can put two yeah. expression pedals or six aux switches or one expression, three aux switch. Wow. Yeah, I, I run one expression pedal, one aux switch. One of my aux switches I actually just have mapped to instantly call up the tuner from anywhere just because that's, that's always nice. Yeah. And then the other two I use for program increment and load or, and program decrement and load so I can just instantly call up programs. Um. Yeah, that, that, that's what works for me. It's pretty flexible. You can pretty much well, it's, do whatever it, you, you can want. dial it into the kind of needs that you might have. Like you're talking about exactly. some some different kinds of needs, but like from when I saw that on like the perform knob, right? I was like, what does this do? And then when I realized, oh, you can control a specific parameter that you want to. Or any, any group of parameters. Any group of parameters. So um, we were, uh, Tony, we were talking about, um, oh, which, I, I'm trying to remember which uh, patch you had it on. But essentially, it, you, you know, you, you could throw an expression on that mm. and you can dial in whatever the, the, the amount of trails or the amount of repeats or like, I, I wish I could remember. It just happened over here, like fifteen. It was number eighty-three. Number was it number eighty-three? <laughs> I don't uh, anyways, know. I was just really excited about that because I was like, that could actually be killer in a live setting. Like that would be amazing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Eighty-three is a good one though. It's uh, Indigo Fog. It's kind of a Jimi Hendrix thing. Oh, <laughs> purple haze action. Yeah. Well, and on that note, I actually when I was going through all hundred of them, uh, just the presets, uh, I started doing. I started taking a, a quick video because, because uh, you know, you hit one and then you're like, wait a minute, I know that sound. And I was like, oh, wait, no, I'm Johnny Marr. Oh, wait, no, I'm Echo and the Bunny Man. Oh, wait, no, I'm Lush. Oh, wait, no, I'm Yes. Oh, wait, no. It was like all these things. I was like, wow, I just went through like, like an entire library of sounds that instantly flooded my head that, that were accessible. And a lot of those things, you know, uh, Fascination Street, that was when I, I said, God dang, this sounds like Fascination Street. And that was right after Holiday in Cambodia. What? How is that possible? <laughs> so, uh, you know, and those things typically, that takes a whole lot of, ex like, you, you, if you look yeah. at your pedal board, you're like, I can't go from yes to Holiday in Cambodia to, you know, I got a gut feeling <laughs> in, a, in a snap. But you can with this. Those are all things I tried, by the way. Um, nice. <laughs> yeah. So, wow. Super cool. This like, is, I was this just is totally really cool. geeking out. So, if I had a gig in New York City, I could take one of these and an Ampad. Yeah. We had the stick Black Star Ampad. Stick in my bag. And then I'm done. So, I got everything I need. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Patrick and I have done, both done that in New York City before anyone else because we had these secretly. <laughs> hundred percent. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's how they do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we live test these things before cool. we, we do anything. I think that's a really important part of the process is that like you really put it through the ringer. So I had like a black uh, – I, I spray painted my unit black so that no one would be able to recognize oh, it. Yeah. And I, I played it around everywhere, man. It worked great. 
I just got to put that put, camo wrap on it like the cars. It like won't the even prism wrap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> New York City camouflage. Yeah. yeah I like it. Like the, so, guys, what was one of the. Oh, um, look, it's a piece of concrete with a little uh, yeah. razor blade. How's he playing that? When, when, when you were going through development, you're like, ah, oh, this is all is, uh, peaches and cream. Uh oh. What were a couple of uh ohs that you might have hit as far as the development goes on this? Because it's like you look at this and you're like, it's perfect. How can this? How can this have gone wrong, or not been exactly this? This mm. is the part where I'm not allowed to curse, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be hard. <laughs> Patrick, what, Patrick, I feel like I've been talking a lot. My, what, what are some uh-ohs from your perspective? I, I'd love to hear it from your perspective. Oh man, uh-ohs in terms of the development of this thing. Yeah, give me some uh-ohs. I, I want to learn something. Oh man, uh, gosh, I, I worked on a lot of like the program presets on this thing. And I think from my perspective, some of the OOs were just sort of like trying not to repeat more than one sound, which is like mm. harder than it sounds I like it, it is such a versatile pedal that you could like have a crazy different amount of like, you know, um, possibilities, but yeah, it was really hard to do. You had to really kind of like review what you were making before to make sure that one it fit like what you were trying to get it to do so a jimmy hendrix vibe you know uh 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 you know slipknot vibe a gent sound a clean ambient sound but trying not to repeat those sounds was sort of like a hard thing for me to uh follow but it worked in the end we got a lot of help from everyone else in making these presets it wasn't just me so it, it was uh it worked out i can imagine it would take an awful lot of restraint too it's kind of we we reference this often on the show is like to me this could very well suffer from salad bar syndrome i know this is like a reference to salad bar but i haven't i've got a reasoning behind it when salad bars <laughs> i remember when well if you go to a salad bar especially if you're if you're younger and you just start taking you know it's like yes pineapple cottage cheese Cranberries, sunflower seeds, ranch dressing, here are garbanzo beans, beets, you know, like everything. It's gonna taste like garbage. Yeah, dude. That's like the like the fountain soda thing for me, dude. When I was growing up, you gotta get every single soda in the cup. Just like, <laughs> oh, yeah. <you> know? <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so especially with something like this that has infinite possibility. I still do that, by the way. <laughs> to 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 wrangle that down to making them like you you're giving the user a a set of soft parameters to stick with to give mm -hmm. you a suggestion of like here's a sound that you can definitely push in many different directions but you don't need to push too hard because there's probably another one in here that will do that you don't have to ruin this particular sound totally Totally. Yeah. And, and a lot of people kind of like, it, it wasn't just me. Like I said, it was like a, it was a pretty good amount of people, like maybe three or four, like people turning in a bunch of different program presets. And then after that reviewing, like what are the right, you know, expression pedal mappings to this? And then what's the right, you know, hot knob parameters, what's the right perform parameter. So a lot went into that. And uh, I'm just glad it worked out in the end that like people for the most part really dig the presets, even though a lot of them are pretty out there and pretty kind of humorous. I, I like to kind of add like a little bit of like that humor into those presets, yeah. especially in the naming of it. Um, so I'm glad it worked out. I mean, even before that, like the algorithm development that 
you know, Patrick was a part of, um, it, it's hard to create something, you know, that we have a couple of DSP engineers and sound designers, um, me being one of them, um, you create something, you, you know, you really, you, you give it your best shot. You pick for us picking the parameters and giving them names and get as much like feels like trying your first shot at a song that you wrote. Right. Mm-hmm. Sure. And, uh, and then you open yourself up and you give it to Patrick and, and, and all the guys for criticism <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. and being able to, to, to having a team of people that can, that, that can take that criticism and, and run with it and, and work together and make something, do something constructive is, is I think is rare. This is why great bands break up all the time mm-hmm. um, is because the hardest thing is actually like work, working with other people. Um, so I think one of the greatest things about the H90 is I think, I feel like our team is really um, like, this is a, this is a good team right now. <laughs> like, yeah. like it's really yeah. is like the communication skills and the, and the trust that people have in each other at work or, um, I think that's where a lot of that comes from is because no one dug their heels in and it let us develop algorithms that that are properly constrained but still allow for exploration, right? Yeah, we had a good synergy, especially going mm-hmm. from like the pandemic where we all started working from home. It was it was such a good feeling to to get like the band back together again and yeah. kind of like work on something that was that you know, you know, no matter what happens, like that you know is going to be you know, uh, at least get a lot of media attention because it is a follow up to a major product. But to also do that justice, you know, was a really good feeling. So I've got two, I, I would say, main questions that I, I want to hit. And then we'll, um, you know, if there's any more riffraff that we want to discuss, we, we, we definitely can. Um, but I, I have one of the two is. You mentioned something about instrumentation, and Tony and I both recognized you have to, you don't have to play, but if you allow yourself, it will kind of maybe take you down a path that you are not as familiar with. When we go in to play something, the number one thing that is almost every single musician's Achilles heel is staying in the spot that you feel really comfortable in Mm -hmm. with the gear you feel really comfortable with playing the chords you feel comfortable with and the, and all that stuff in developing these. Can you talk about how, you know, I'm, I can only assume that you must have had to push outside of your own normal instrumentation, um, to get into some of these things. Yeah. When I would say that, for me, I'm not a rock guitarist. I'm a bassist. I think that I, I was really proud of the way the guys did the weed. There's an algorithm called Weed Whacker. Yes. We're not known for our distortion. We don't try to model this or that, and it's not really our, our thing, right? We're not, you know, we're not trying to make A sound like B. We're trying to sound like us. Um, but the uh, when the guys did the Weed Whacker, it, you know, the people doing the algorithm necessarily aren't the rock guitarists, but they, they kind of did it together. And there was a really cool iterative process that they went back and forth on until they were able to dial something that, that Patrick was happy with as a, um, what did you call yourself? Like a grunge pop grunge, like a, like a disco grunge, disco grunge. And then there was another guy there who, who was more of a metal fusion and stuff like that. Uh, definitely more in that gent category. I would, I would think, right. Totally. Yeah. Um, 
they made it work for both of those, both of you type, both of the players. Um, but it took a while, you know, I didn't, I thought we were going to have to do some like deep mathematical modeling. Um, but it, it, sometimes, you know, distortions are funny, right? Like if you open up pedals, mm-hmm. you're like, there's not a lot of science here. This is like kind of the same sort of clipping circuits over and over again, but these guys figured out how to artfully tune yes. the voicing around the clipping circuits. Yes, um, or just a different, uh, one little tiny element can make a colossal big, difference. Exactly, mm-hmm. yeah, like change the diode or something, right? So, yeah. Anyway, it was kind of that process, and um, I was like – I, I came into a meeting ready to like kill it because I thought it was going to go and not going to go anywhere. And they were like, no, no, it sounds awesome. And that's why I was like, all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, we're going to roll with this. It was so close to not making it, but but I'm glad yeah. we vouched for that, man, because that's a killer algorithm. I was surprised to hear the drives on these. Like, I wasn't expecting that. And Yeah, yeah. me neither. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you got to... <laughs> You got to go with what sounds good, right? If it sounds good, it sounds good. <laughs> yeah, you know, we we really sat down and make sure to like dial that in so that you can kind of like you know bring this only this pedal to a gig and and have a drive that you can you know rely on and use and know that it's just it's going to sound good. It's a bread and butter algorithm. Nothing too special about it. It's just a two stage drive, and you're good to go. Bing awesome. bang boom. Uh, I hope that answers the question. You, you, I'm sorry. I hope that answers the question. <laughs> uh, partially, the other yeah. the other part of that was like you know you've talked about your own st- instruments, but I can imagine if you're like you know we have to we have to come up with a, a the what was it I can't I'm trying to remember the name of the twelve string a twelve stringy twelve stringy yeah so like and that was an electric twelve stringy so it was like well which one there's all kinds of them oh you that's know. just yeah, that was just based on the poly- the polyphony algorithm, which does the polyphonic pitch shifting. Um, it just yeah. sounds so natural that you could kind of get it there, right? Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Um, so the second uh, thing was, uh, you know, we've talked about a lot of all this that, that it is capable of doing, and all the 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 thinking, and you know, <laughs> we've only taken a handful of moments to talk about four years of development. So, uh, I. I can only imagine what is beyond the surface level that we're scratching right now. But for those people that are going to be intrigued by this, excited by this, feeling like they might actually be able to step into the eventide realm um, as a, as a emerging guitar player or somebody that's not necessarily needed the things you've done before. What do you want people to get into beyond the the surface level elements of what this pedal does uh for like you mean like functionally like on the pedal yeah, like, what I, yeah yeah i would want people to really kind of take advantage of this other mo- mode called perform mode um so those two buttons on the top you see select with the red ring around it and then perform also has like a ring around it right if you step on that you can program any of the three foot switches to do really whatever you want it to do you could you could have it you know tap tempo you could have it freeze you could have it you know do any any sort of crazy thing or basic i i would really i would be interested to see how people utilize the perform mode yeah other really cool algorithm specific perform functions so like for prism shift there's this thing called shift which will take uh the whatever the arpeggio or the the harmonized arpeggio is and then shift it up by the next interval 
So it, it just creates this really cool, interesting soundscape. And then in Wormhole, the new reverb, there's this thing called Warp, which is like it's like sucking the air out of the room as you press it down. It's just this really sick, um, almost like a riser. So it's for like transitions for tunes. It, it works perfect for that stuff. Yeah, we're, we. I'd like to see we'll push push the boundaries of like playable effects, like effects that are dynamic across time that change, right? Like the whole, like, oh, I'm going to turn this on and then turn it off, right? That's cool. We can do that. But um, using these things, using effects expressively as part of your composition, mm -hmm. I think this pedal really excels at that. Um, that brings up a great point because there I can – you know, list off at least at least two, but I know that there's many more entire musical movements or sort of shifts in the type of music that's created based on things that come out. So, you know, the, like 10 years ago, all of a sudden everything started was like, what the reverb is going on? Like freaking everything was just reverbed out. Reverb, reverb, reverb. That and it and people started creating music based on that. Mm -hmm. If you go back, even you know to the uh, <clears throat> early '90s, late '80s, early '90s, and you start getting this really heavy, you know, for lack of better terms, uh, shoegaze kind of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's when they said let's let's turn all of the modulation effects on. <laughs> yeah, and, and then like just sit back in the pocket and just kind of be there and not try to drive the music but let let the sort of the mood of what the effects are doing drive the music mm -hmm. and that that w took a, an entire new limb of of the music tree out uh, and you know so these there are elements that are physical that can create that can create all these offshoots of music I feel like this is like one of those things that people are going to start getting really excited about. And we're going to see people use this to create things, to create music that maybe we haven't given ourselves the permission to do before. Hmm. Some of those pol the, the prism sounds and, and that you're talking about, just, just being a little bit more open because we tend to say, no, that's too crazy. It's not going to fit in the thing that I think I fit in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally. Even when creating like the presets for this thing, that's a lot. That's really something we had, you know, at least me personally, but I think everyone else had in mind. There's a lot of genres now, a ton of genres, not based on the notes or the melody, but based on the vibe, mm -hmm. right? Based mm -hmm. on based on the sound. Like, for example, just recently, lo-fi music is huge. Mm -hmm. Everybody's doing lo-fi ever since like, you know, Instagram guitar became a thing. Mm -hmm. But you could play the same chords as lo-fi guitar and it's just going to sound like jazz because it's not about the chords that you're playing it's about really the effects you're putting through it and the vibe that you're using with it so i hope well i i, I think that like a lot of the sounds in here are inspirational enough that it could do something similar you know where it could inspire hopefully something unique that you haven't yeah. heard of i mean our other favorite thing is because it's sort of inexhaustible parameters almost on this box. Our other favorite thing is when someone figures something out that we never anticipated. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's like, that's I where your smile comes into play. Yeah. I'm sure. like, I'm like, holy cuss word. 
Like, I, I, <laughs> I can't believe password. that the artist that artist did that with the box we made. I never thought the box could do that. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you guys have uh, should be extremely proud of yourselves, which I know that you are. Um, I highly encourage people to spend time. I'm not going to say rush out and buy this. Uh, you know, you'll know if you need it or not. And I know many of you listening will, but take time. Um, there are some really talented people who have created uh, a lot of content already, and it's just going to keep coming out. And, uh, you know, give yourself permission to get outside of the box that you think you might really fit in. Uh, it's hard to do sometimes as a musician or just even as a, uh, a hobbyist, but um, it can be really, really fun. And Tony's sore butt on the floor is proof of that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Tony's butt. Yeah. It's a You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, anyways, guys, uh, in keeping with time and being conscious of uh, the, you know, uh, You've graced us with a lot of it. We are going to move on to our final segment here. Jared? Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for hopping in the El Camino and heading down to Nashville to play a little game of Would You Rather. Nice. Mm -hmm. So this week's Would You Rather is kind of a a tragedy story. Your gear was (laughs) stolen from the the gear van. Again? It was stolen from the gear. We have the worst security with the gear vans. Yes. (laughs) Well, it's an old white rickety van that barely locks, you know. Oh, man. So, and the gear was stolen Saturday night. You have a gig on Sunday night. So, there's no place that's open and Guitar Center doesn't exist for the, you know, just for the story. But you know of an estate auction that's happening that Sunday afternoon. And your wife says, you know, I'm mad at you for getting all that stuff stolen because I bought half of it. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm mad. So let's but let's go to the thing, the auction an estate auction. So you go to the estate auction and there's two boxes of musical gear. Box one has a real Klon centaur, (laughs) a Chipson. Fresh out of the box, so it's not been modded and made nice or anything. Mm-hmm. No lipstick on a pig, Chipson. A custom shop Fender Tele, so a real, like, Damn. really nice Fender Telecaster custom shop. And a PV Tracer amp. Now, I liked PV Tracers back yeah. in the day, but, you know, that's what's in this box. Box two. It's a China-made Klon clone. And they're not that bad, especially the ones that Tony ordered that one time. Yeah. And I, I would use that. But it's from China, though. It's not the real thing. A court. You guys remember the court guitar company yeah. that would make See, yeah, they, they still are around. I think they make yeah. like the Matt Bellamy like signature <laughs> guitar. Yeah. Yeah. So, a court telecopy. A 1977 Gibson Les Paul Custom. Damn. Probably like 13 pounds. Mm-hmm. And a 1970s box AC30, mm-hmm. because that's what Billy mentioned earlier. So I had to throw that in for Billy. Now, you're, you, so your wife's currently mad. She can only choose one box. What box are you going to fit up? 
<laughs> all right. That was a good one, Jared. I think we're all tracking. Tony? Ah, uh, I think I'm going to have to go with box number two. I'll take a 1970s Vox, a 77 Les That's Paul. what won you over, isn't it? Yeah, actually, that, that did. Well, that in the, in the, in the uh, Les Paul Custom. Yeah. Uh, the court, you know, whatever, that's fine. And then, you know, we can get all kinds of cool tones out of that fancy uh, China clone. Yeah, sounds mm-hmm. good. Yeah, it's, that's, it's actually a good pedal. Billy, what are you doing? Well, I've never had the Klon, and um, I'm assuming it'll make that PV sound just fine. <laughs> and, you know, whatever guitar you got. I don't care. I'll that's play a it. nice. That's a nice guitar over on the other side there. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. that's the way I'm going to go. Under telly, yeah. All right, all right. Uh, so your box number one. All right. So we got box number two, box number one, and let's see. Let's go to Jared. Oh, it's tough. Um, I'll do box two. I gotta have a. I'm more of a Les Paul guy than. Uh, a Tele guy, although I'm really like, I really like Telecasters. Um, and real Klon is, it's, it's once you have a real one and you've messed with it, you know, you know what you got. Um, uh, but that China Klon that that Tony found, that's a really, that's a solid pedal for it what is, it is. It is, especially um, modded like we did. All right, so you're going box. I got to get that done. Yeah, I got to do two. All right, yeah. Patrick AC thirty. Uh, box one, easy. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Oh, so did you say for the amp a PV tracer amp? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I've ever heard. Is that a, a trace? It's it, like a practice amp, a solid state. It's, it's an it's um it's an older amp, and I think it it um it's solid state, but it actually sounded really good. I think it's for, a one twelve combo. It is. I've never it, heard of it, but if it's anything like the decade, um. I it's want a that. heavy metal era, so like you know, with poison and and just the hair day era PV heavy metal amp. Uh, a Jack. lot of guys used it. Yeah, it's uh, before tube really came back. I'm gonna go with box one still because of that clone. Yeah. More than likely, I'm playing probably like a bar gig. Not that many people are gonna show up, and I could sell that clone afterwards and buy a better <laughs> amp. <laughs> you, can buy, you can buy two of them, and then you go back and buy box <laughs> two. Yeah, yeah. But, and but a gag I want for the wife. Custom. I want that custom. Yeah. Uh, telly, I want that yeah. custom telly, and I want that PV because if it's anything like the decade um, that went up, that shot up in price after that Apple TV show with Josh Homme in it. Oh wow. geez, yeah, I, that, I want. That was I want. Crazy. Yeah, it's like they were made. In, they were made in USA then. back then. Yeah, they were made in USA back then. So but it was actually the, a good amp. It's apparently the secret to the Queens of the Stone Age tone. So I've been on a hunt oh. for it, but anywhere, any store that kind of gets it, it's about. $800 minimum. Mm. I don't know if I'm willing <laughs> to pay $800. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 It's, it's like, that's insane. 400 bucks back in the day. That's yeah. And yeah. two I, years I ago, four, they were a hundred bucks. It was way. Yeah. It was like 80 bucks before Josh on me said anything about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So, Russ, how about money. yourself? Uh, I'm going to, you know, I like tellies. The only electric guitar here in the house right now is a telesonic. So, um, nice. I uh, I like tellies. I'm going with the box one, and I derive a special sadistic pleasure in um, you know having to show up and make a PV amp sound good because that's when you transition from a place like Texas to New York City, you have to really learn that you just can't have all the gear that you love. You just got to show up with your guitar, 
and figure out how to put on a show with what's in the house. Yeah. And the, sure. PV, the PV reminds me of that and uh, of that challenge. I, oh, yeah. I, I like the That's challenge. Really the house but, amp is always like a like a blues junior or a pv like yeah. the yellow tweed pv is <laughs> yeah you just, <laughs> it's a trip why is that it's, i mean space is so like precious in new york city that's the craziest yeah, thing yeah that's you learn to do so yeah i'm going with the i'm going with box one i mean the telly sounds really nice and i i when i do play electric i, I love how tellies fight back a little bit yeah mm-hmm. yeah so they're they're both solid answers they're good yeah it's, what are you doing todd well i'm going box number two I'm going box number two for sure because nice. I like the idea of a of a, a, a sweet, super expensive, uh, almost unobtainium amp that uh, that's in that box, and I would I would love to, uh, an old uh, Les Paul too. So so it's a three yeah. and three. Yeah, oh, wow. it that's is. Nice. It's a solid Good. split, not too shabby. All right. Hey, don't we have a bunch of people to thank? That's right, Billy, because at this point of the show, there's a very special group of people that we love to thank. These are our executive producers. You might be wondering, what is an executive producer? Well, an executive producer makes this show possible. An executive producer is a sponsor of the show. How do you become one? I knew you were thinking that. You go over to patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs and check out a couple of different levels in which you can participate. Become a sponsor, a patron of this very podcast. Each level oh. comes with a wonderful selection of thank you gifts, some that you can't even imagine that you'll be getting. But there's one thing more. Jared, what is that? To have your name read on the thing. Your name read on the thing. That's what I'm going to yeah. do right now. So special, special thanks to these executive producers. Moon Guitars, Vader and Pedals, John Halverson, Rick Calhoun, Trevor Glenberg, Elad Mizrahi, Mike D, Richard Kendall, Mark Garten, Matt Hart, James White, Justin Jones, Anthony Gemalero, Bill Gola Guitars, John Esterly, Anthony Lathrop, Stefan Lamb, Michael Senchuk, Ken Sayers, Doug Christ, Darren Gregory, Tom Barazin, Rusty Sneeden, Ralph Gottschalk, Don Kloss, Gregory Randall, Brett Hogarth, Eric Hemmer, Stuart George, Michael Furman, Andrew DeHaan, and that bloke, Andrew Bell. Oh, yeah. But wait, Todd, there's more. Oh, there is. Yes, there's a special, special group of executive producers we call our Grand Poobas. These fine folks have a fez to wear upon their their heads whilst listening to the podcast. That's right. That's right. So all of you had better be wearing your fezes. Special, special thanks to these grand poobas. Tommy Manasco, Ricardo Igreda, David Kaminga, Brandon Wound Pickups, right. Hex Matos, Michio Marikishi, Bob Crouch, Jack Cadian, Sam Jett, Tyler Rines, LSJ Music Company, John Williams, James Pennington, Adam Johnson, Steve Keys, Cody Foster, Science of Sound, Brian Robison, Jonathan Jerusic, Corey Nigro, Michael Van Zant, Tim Nowak, Jonathan Daly, Martin Cliff, Sean S. Yes. Eddie Serratos, David Poe. 
Billy Spitfire. Unlimited. And Congregation Gear Demos. <laughs> yes, yes, and yes. Thank you That's all right. so very, very much. Um, yep. You know, we've had a, a, a great string of, of guests and, uh, and, and, that's great, but it takes a lot to keep it going beyond the string of guests, and uh, we truly, truly appreciate it. Uh, we mentioned we're coming up on 300. I want to do 300 more, if that's okay with everybody else. So when the we'll, uh, uh, I'm stopping at 350. I, you can be done. <laughs> you can be done with me. Like I, I can't stand <laughs> no more. This sign on the wall says the maximum occupancy is 120. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've well passed that. Even tied. People, where can people go get this amazing new instrument, the H90? Uh, go to any, uh, right now it's pretty sold out, but go to eventideaudio.com. Check out any of our dealers, Sweetwater, Guitar Center, uh, and hopefully some of your local stores will carry it. So you could try it out. Awesome. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Like just even at, like just doing a search uh, shopping and seeing who's got them, you know, cause there, totally. there are other people besides the, the big dogs. Yeah, dude. I mean, it, it's, we love Sweetwater. We love all the big dealers, but also support local businesses. It's a good thing. And if you want to keep those small guitar shops open. Yeah. And we, and we are trying to be fair with the stock we get. And yes, so yeah, support, you know, the local guys for sure. We, we, we're definitely delivering to them. Awesome. Tony, where can people find you to get your stuff? Just head over to PickGuardian.com. Check out some of the wares I have available for purchase. But what I do is mostly custom work. So shoot me an email. Let me know what you need, what you're trying to do, and I will help you out. PickGuardian.com. You're going to make a sweet, antiqued, purloid, white P-base pickguard for my daughter. Am I? Yes, you are. Will we're she hear? Over, will she hear this? She, well, maybe we, she's going to pick out whatever materials that she wants. But we're going to come over to your shop and do that. Okay. All right, Billy. Where can people find you? You could find me <laughs> right here in the studio, painting or talking into these wonderful microphones. <laughs> you can find me at Billy Spitfire Unlimited on Facebook. Also, Billy Spitfire on Instagram. Perfect. Jared? You can find me on Instagram, jared.allen.brandon, and uh, chat with me about whatever. Jonathan Jerusik chats a lot with me. Um, he's a lot of fun. Anthony uh, Jim Malero, he's chatted with me. Uh, <laughs> Guitars of Doom. Yes. A bunch of people. All so the people. If you have questions about pickups or just gear and Gibson stuff that I probably won't tell you about, then just go ahead and uh, message me. We'll <laughs> yes. talk. We'll a a double time. dog dare you. All right. You can shoot me an email, Todd at theguitarnobs.com. <laughs> you can also DM me on Instagram at guitarnobs. And uh, I would love to get your information. Send us your would you rathers, everybody. We know you got them. Give us a would you rather, okay? Um, also, please, please, please go check out my band, The Villantinos. And well, you still can. Why? No, we're not going anywhere. <laughs> and go listen to Starcrawler if you haven't. Oh, yeah, definitely. Check and them out. Billy's band, Mathematics. All right. There we go. Pat and Russ from Eventide. We want to have a huge thank you all together for you guys for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, thank you. You have been delightful guests. And uh, are, I would say are pretty, probably pretty 
representative of all the other people back at home base and Eventide. So hello and thank you to all of you as well at Eventide. And thanks for making, putting the thought in and uh, and all of your skill and artfulness into this really fantastic product. Yeah, dude. Uh, thank you so much for having us. It, it was just such a fun conversation. And, and I awesome. hope you get to, you know, get some more time to play with the pedal in the coming few, you know, weeks or even a, a holiday break. And yeah, man, we just we really appreciate you having us. Hey, everybody. Have a fantastic guitar week. We love you guys. Subscribe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys have a fountain outside of your building or? No, um, but we have really good Jersey <laughs> Italian sandwiches. Uh, <laughs> I was like number five. How is this possible? I can <laughs> fart louder than that. What am I doing here? Yeah. <laughs> what the hell's wrong with Billy? Patrick, do you uh, and Pat? Do you Patrick, Pat or Pat? Pat, Patty. Pat, Pat is cool. Pat. All right, Pat and Russ. All right. I feel like we have a sitcom on our hands. Billy, are you okay? Okay. I am. <laughs> that is what happens when you sneeze and fart at the same time? <laughs> you don't want to do. Well, this is, this has been great, guys. Thanks. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm a uh, medium. I think I'm large. Okay. I'll send a mm. medium and a large. Um, mm. And hold the onions. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Extra hot peppers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you go by Russell or Russ, by the way? Either one, just never rusty. Rust. <laughs> okay. okay, I know what I'm calling you. I thought that was the end of the podcast. Oh, sorry. Clarence. <laughs> and away we go. Well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Visit our website at theguitarknobs.com for all of our past episodes, four on the floor blog, and other good stuff. You can connect with us on social too at our Facebook page and share your gear and stories on our Facebook group. Also, be sure to check out our Instagram at Guitar Knobs. Catch you next time.